Good morning, good morning. Welcome to a fantastic Wednesday and another edition of the Noodleberg Daily Huddle. Although I will be the only actual Noodleberg on the show today, and we have switched up the schedule. Normally, normally Lori joins us on Monday. She's here with us on a Wednesday, and uh, excited to have you in the co-pilot seat, Lori. How are you? Tell me Thanks. Something. I am great. And it feels weird to be on on Wednesday, actually. Like I'm so used to starting my week in the huddle. Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were like, we missed you Monday. I go, oh, but I'll be on tomorrow, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I love it. I all love good. It. All good. Celebrated Mike's birthday last weekend over in Marco. And, was he 26 uh, now? Uh, uh, yeah, he'd love you for that one, Mark. <laughs> That's awesome. We don't talk about the numbers anymore. We gave up the numbers after a while. So what does the birthday celebration look like? You know, for us, I don't know. You know, we've all done the club things and the party things. Sure. For us, it's going over to Marco or somewhere just relaxing and yeah. being with family. We had dinner with the with the kids. So that's yeah, really what it's all about. We, uh, I've kind of taken to this idea of the Ritz on Key Biscayne which I've, I've visited a few times because of my father-in-law. We love that hotel. There's unbelievable restaurants around Key Biscayne that we like to frequent. And the pool there is great. And they have a kid's pool and an adult pool. And I've always met good people when I go there. So like that's become like my image of what I want for my birthday is like just going to, the, going to Key Biscayne for the weekend, eating good dinner, having good wine, sitting by the pool, like, you know, just that to me is the yeah. every like I don't need to go far away. I don't need to go on a huge, crazy trip. Just awesome stuff. That's yeah. my idea. Of birthday. Agree. Agree. And there's Steve Noodleberg. I was wondering I was I wasn't going to like put him out there because I was like, man, if he wants to sleep, he was traveling all day yesterday. There's jet lag. He's up. He's joining. Up. So you missed it. He, he popped in the back the background thinking oh, he was going to surprise. But he, he jumped right back out. He's like, <laughs> he's like, ah, never mind. <laughs> Shay, pop up the picture of them. So the boys are traveling. Jake and my dad are in Vegas. They are there to work with uh, Shay. Who are they working with? They're working with a company called Ad Media. Ad Media. They're going to do a keynote presentation for them this morning. There they are last night. I'm assuming that they're eating in uh, one of Tao's restaurants last. Or so is that, that the night? Last yeah. night was last night was Tao, located in the Venetian. That's awesome. And they are staying they, they, in the Cosmo. Said, so if anybody's looking to assassinate and... the Noodlebergs, that is where you can find them. <laughs> in Cosmo. They are you be... pulling, you're putting a price on their heads? <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I'm putting out the, all their business, where they're going to be, when they're going to be there, the itinerary. So, like, if anybody has a vendetta, I just made it very easy for them. <laughs> Listen, if you need the gun or the rifle, let us know. We got that, too. Yeah. <laughs> John Malazzo, that is correct. The 5 a.m. wake up for them over there, which I'm sure they were up earlier because they were on East Coast time and all that. So yeah. uh, awesome stuff. That's my favorite hotel. When my dad asked me like what the recommendation was or where they should say, I said the Cosmo just because it's where I've stayed before. I've always enjoyed it there. My mom, who frequents there all the time, my mom and Jim go out there almost every year and they always stay there. 
Do you have a Vegas favorite? You know, we like the Bellagio. Um, okay. I actually have only been there once. I went for a big birthday a few years ago and didn't want to didn't want to party or anything like that and said, you know what? I've never been to Vegas. I want to go. To me, the, because I love the ocean movies. Um, yeah. And so the Bellagio to me is just Vegas, right? The mountains, but right? Yeah. Awesome shows that Chris Guy, the Magic, and Jennifer Lopez, and some other stuff. And we're not big gamblers, but I do love the craps table. So spent a little time there, and so it's it's fun. So awesome. I, it's not somewhere I would probably go every year, but it yeah. but it's a fun time. I feel like once you do it, you're kind of like, all right, did it, saw yeah. it, you know, like unless you're a big gambler or like you really enjoy. <laughs> that kind of vacation i yeah i mean listen you have to go to vegas to afford a show these days the ticket for beyonce (laughs) went on sale yesterday yesterday i went on at like 10 in the morning couldn't find a ticket for less than 1700 dollars what the hell is going on (laughs) high demand high she's coming here i think she's going to be at the hard rock i think is what she's doing yeah that's how much the tickets were right yeah that which and that's a small venue so you got to think like that's got to be absolutely ridiculous to try to get there one other just update when i went to get my car serviced on monday right i showed up early i wanted to be one of the first cars in there to hopefully have the opportunity to get out and i'm sitting in the service area like waiting i got my computer i'm doing some work and i know the gm bert martinez is the gm of mercedes pembroke pines and i see bert out of the corner of my eye walk in and he's walking around the service area like straightening up the magazines fixing the chairs, throwing away old papers and yesterday's papers. And I just had this thought, like, that's why that guy is successful. Like, there is no job too small for him. There's no detail that goes overlooked for him. And I would just, like, caught him in the moment. And he's like, why are you taking a picture of me? I was like, I'm going to put you on the huddle this week and talk about the fact that the GM of the dealership is walking through the waiting area, just tidying up the tiniest little details because – it doesn't mean you should be doing it all the time. Like if that's what you're making a priority, then obviously, you know, you've got your priorities out of whack. But as the leader of the organization to be seen just doing some of the small jobs, and some of the small details, really cool. I, I think it's actually critical. Uh, and it's so funny because whenever we have an event, I stay, throw on my flip flops or sneakers. We have a board with all the different tasks that need to be done to break down. Yeah. And I'm grabbing tasks and Robin, who's our event director, she'll be like, you need to go home. And I go, no, I need to stay and help everybody else. Right. Yeah. Because that's just, I think that's just what you do. Servant leadership mindset. Right. Yep. I love that. Awesome. I have, can, I, can I share one thing with you guys? Yeah. So I, I know I text you about it, but I, for, for the women. Oh, now, wait, no, that, that'll be the, that'll okay, be the start go. of the next segment. Okay. One other update that we have to talk about just because we're sports fans and we have to do it. Yeah. Congratulations to LeBron James last Ooh. night for passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer. I think it's hard to argue that there's anything left for that man to do that would not solidify him as the all-time greatest basketball player of all time. So if you haven't been paying attention to what he talks about and what he does, of course, he talks about process all the time, talks about discipline to doing the work day in and day out. And uh, for a guy who's been expected to be great from the time that he was 16, unbelievable accolades for him. Yeah, got to give it to him. Let's wake it up. 
Let's get to some wake up music and then we'll come back and we're talking about some current events that uh, Lori wants to talk about. love that music get you going in the morning. right always good to start the morning with teddy and uh, all those smiles and the great intro that we have going on so you were at a panel discussion this weekend when was it was it last, Friday? last week thursday or friday thursday i think it was and you had an experience happen that we're going to talk about because i think it's a good conversation to be had and i want to unpack it a little bit with you so go ahead and tell the story Awesome. And I think it's good for both men and women to hear it. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting there listening to the panel um, and the moderator is a middle-aged black man. Um, and uh, the four panelists are, I'd say, middle-aged white women. Uh, and he makes, you know, he's doing the little introduction. And then he says, now let me introduce you to our panel of beautiful ladies. And I thought, hmm, panel of beautiful ladies. Not the experts on childcare, education, childhood education, because that's what it was about. Not, you know, our distinguished guests, panelists, beautiful ladies. So let me ask you a question before, before you go any further. How old was this guy? He was middle, I would say early 40s, mid 40s. Early 40s. Okay. Do you think he said that maliciously? I do not. Absolutely not. And I want to, I want to draw, I want to get to that point. Because he said something that offended you. Did it or did it not offend you? Or it isn't you that it offended way? me. It made me think, would, would I stand up there and introduce the panelists as four sexy, handsome men? And I would say it probably depends on context, number one. True. Right? Like, was a professional. There, you right, were there for like a dating or like, you know, a, 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 a date auction, right. you may present it that way. Right. But this was elected officials. This was business leaders. This was community leaders. You had one house representative who was yeah. one of those panelists. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you just, you, that this doesn't make sense to me. And I just... Felt like, and by the way, I do not think it was malicious, right. and I do not think it was intentional to. And it, but didn't it drives hurt my the feelings. point home of in his brain, right? And and it, it's just a part of the, you know, the fat. It's it was woven into the fabric of culture. Is that that's an acceptable way, and that's an endearing way to introduce women, right? And the, it doesn't even cross his mind that that that. It may be minimizing to them, or it may be demoralizing to them, or it may be offensive to them, because even though it's a compliment and he means it in the right way, he has diminished all of the accolades and all of the work that it's taken them to get to that panel, right? Right. And, you know, I thought if there was just one man on that panel, he would never, he would not have introduced them that way. 
right? If there were three women on the panel and one man, he wouldn't have said that. He would have said, welcome our guests, right? Or our panelists, right? Sure. Or something more generic. Um, and, and it did not offend me, but it, it just caught me. And I, I, and I wanted to bring it up because I wanted everyone to hear that while maybe it's not offensive, you know, I know he was just probably trying to be complimentary, Sure. but I think there it's, it's important to be conscious of how we, we introduce, right. The difference between how he would have done it. If there was just one man versus sure. right. All four men versus sure. four women. And I just, again, there are women who would be offended. I didn't take it that way. It just was interesting to me. Right. Well, it, it caught my attention. And I, I just think it's, I think you have to talk about it. If you don't talk about it, then it doesn't, you know, it doesn't shift the mindset or it doesn't make people more aware of it. And I think you said it really well, where he, he wasn't malicious. It wasn't something that he was trying to be offensive or minimizing, but he's unaware. And if you're unaware, then you have no chance at being part of the solution or the change. Correct. And I think that's what people have to realize is that the world changes. We change as a society. We change as an organization. We change as a people. We change as individuals. And you're either going to be a part of that change or you're going to get left behind. And if you're not a part of that change, then you run the risk of, of running into scenarios like that. Like I read a great McKinsey article yesterday about the shift in B2B sales and what buyer behavior looks like now and what people really want from B2B brands and how they want more of a B2C experience. They want personalized touch points. They want to engage on their own time and not on the time of the seller or of the organization. And it drove home with all these points. I wrote about it today because they put a stat in there that I thought was absolutely mind-blowing. They said that 83% of people who receive cold calls immediately block the number after getting it, yeah. which is like, whoa. Yeah. But I, I can't help, but I have to, I have to call out Jay Katari. Yeah. Jay, there's not too many more confident women than me and strong women than me. Um, and again, I didn't take offense to it, but then I have to go back. I have to go down to Jamie's comment about being self-aware, not only being self-aware, but also being aware of who's your audience. Okay. It has my comment about this has nothing to do with that. I felt offensive. I, I would love being called beautiful all day long. However, right. if I am there to present and deliver, right. Information that is at an intellectual level. And, and again, being aware, you wouldn't, if you wouldn't introduce a man that way, then why would you introduce a woman that way? That's and all I'm suggesting that we need to be aware of our audience. And we. So, and I want to go, I kind of want to go to the point that it's not that you wouldn't introduce a man that way. It's more so that it wouldn't be your default or that it wouldn't just be the thing that rolled off your tongue, right? Like if I had a panel of House representatives and senators and former presidents, I would not introduce that panel as these handsome men, you know, that wouldn't be a thing that would naturally come to my mind. Whereas when they're women in the reality of what, you know, what's been woven into my brain and in and, and the, our culture that does become a, a natural. And so I think while I agree with you, Jay, like there's plenty of people that, that don't get bothered by it, 
doesn't necessarily make it right. And just because it's not wrong doesn't make it right. And I think as we continue to push for equality, like you could take it to if you look at the way African-Americans and black people talk about black history now, they're not promoting black history month. If you even look at ESPN, it's black history always. Right. Because while people may have thought that creating black history month was a good idea, as we've moved forward as a society, they want equality. It should be black history all the time. It should be woven into the historical and the, you know, and, and the timeline of how we learn about history, learn about it all together, as opposed to saying, well, here's the month that's devoted to black history. Right. So I think- And by the way, if he would have said, today we have this distinguished panel of you know women experts in the early childhood education field and by the way you know what we're all they're pretty, they're right. smart <laughs> and right you know I, you know you could have done it a different way if sure. you wanted to be cute right you could have done it a different way i would say that i would introduce a panel of men and say you know what not only are they smart and strategic and visionaries sure they're good looking guys too right or whatever or they're great in sports or but give them their due for the reason they're there and i guess that was i love that my dad's not in the hot seat right or not on the show right now because he says amen to jay katari who says we're dissecting this too much and i would challenge both of you guys that if we don't talk about it and make it a point to be understood then the behavior doesn't change. And if the behavior doesn't change, then nothing really happens. We just make a point about it and, hey, it's important in this moment, but it doesn't actually change the day-to-day behavior. But I do want to move on because yeah. we do have some a good conversation that I want to talk about that we're going to pull out of the news. So let's go to some morning motivational music. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about de-influencing. I feel the Absolutely love it. Fantastic. Great morning motivational music. Thank you, Jake, for that. Um, All right. Moving on to the next topic of de-influencing. Did you read the article? Did you get some takeaways from it? Um, Yeah, I did. Um, I think a couple of things. One is about the consumption part of of de-influencing. Can you define it for people who don't know what we're talking about when we're saying de-influencing? So let's see, I'm, I'm, I would probably not do it justice. Um, so the hash fast D and the sparkling. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it to everybody. Yeah, you give, give it because I, I so, can talk about it, but I can't. So give this you movement of hashtag de-influencing is influencers who have accepted, you know, payment to be brand ambassadors for people that weren't necessarily using the products or didn't necessarily believe in the products 
but got paid by TikTok or got paid by Instagram or got paid by somebody to promote these products have come out and spoken out against it. Like, hey, this is what I've done. And they're almost like a confessional of telling people like, hey, be careful what you listen to, because while all of these people with huge audiences may be saying that they're using these products or pushing these products on you, they might not be actually using them and they're not necessarily being truthful with what they're doing. So what, what's some of your takeaways about that? I think for me, the biggest takeaway was for the influencers themselves is about their brand. Right. Right. Um, if you're going to put yourself out there, you know, and in some cases they're getting paid to promote. Most cases they're right? getting paid to, to so, promote, which is not new, right? Like this is not new behavior. Like yeah. how many, like, does anybody really believe that like Shaq was driving a Buick, you know, like he, for, he did a long time where he was their brand ambassador but when you watch like MTV Cribs, there was no Buick to be found in his driveway, right? Like there was right. Phantoms and there were Maybachs and there was every different kind of car imaginable, no Buicks. So like, yeah. it, it's not like this is a new behavior, I would say, but I do think it's different because of the way that it's being presented to people. These influencers are more of our peers are more, and, and I think this affects the you know gen z and millennial far more than it does the gen x because we grew up with social media or social media was more indoctrinated to us at a young age so we grew up watching or we've been around these people for a long time and there's more trust in that where i think as you know some of the older generations look at it and don't necessarily get their influence from those people well i mean listen even though there was Shaq, you know, years ago, or you could use any example driving a Buick before you bought the Buick, you went to drive the Buick, right? So you got to make decision, the decision based on the product and your experience Right now with social influence, right? You're buying it off the internet. You have no idea right. if what they're telling you is true or not. Exactly. Um, and so I think there's a lot of people who have bought products like that. And they're sitting on some shelf or they're in the garbage somewhere, right? Because they didn't do or or what they weren't what they want. But I think if that happens enough time with the same influencer or well, with influencers in general, so you may not go back and follow their advice. And to the point that I want to make is you don't have to have a million followers to be an influencer, right? Like everybody has the opportunity to be a center of influence within their own network. And so like where Jonathan Aaron says, wait a minute, were you paid to use the five journal? No, but I promote it because I use it, right? Like I promote F45 because I go there and I enjoy the workouts and it works for me. So I think, you know, whether or not I have influence on the people around me, I have no idea, but I try to be of service to the people around me by letting them know what are the things that I do? What are the things that I use? What are the things that I get value from so that maybe they have the opportunity to get the same value from me, which I think is what should be about building your brand. The influencers that I trust in the fitness world where I get my information, they show me using and doing the things that they preach. They show me meal prepping. They show me wh what their meals are. They're, you know, putting on their stories, all of the things that they're doing. 
which builds the trust with me, which goes, okay, maybe I'll try that. And so I don't think that it's about necessarily being an influencer and having all of these followers and getting paid to do it. It's what's the motivation behind it and why are you doing it? Well, and I think that's it. I mean, you know, my brother, mother, my brother-in-law opened a restaurant over in Georgia. And at the beginning, when he was trying to get the name out, because it was brand new, it was a new concept. He invited social influencers to come and taste the food, experience the restaurant and all of that. So when they did post, right, it was coming from. Right. I tried this. This is fantastic. You right. have to go do that. And I think it's shifted a little bit. I think that still is going on. However, so many of them now are getting paid that it doesn't matter to them whether they like the product or not. So they're getting paid to promote it. They promote it. And right? which ruins all the trust. So like the people that have right. built their brands or built their careers on being an influencer and then have gone that way, they've broken all of the trust, which to me is the only thing that matters when it comes to your brand. Right. And I think that was a big point of the McKinsey article with cold calling is that you have to understand that every interaction with your brand now helps you either build or hurt that relationship. And so as soon as you do something that is detrimental to the relationship with that person, you've hurt the brand for who knows how long, maybe forever because of the interaction that you created. So I think we have to be so aware of how we build brand through every interaction of what we do. Talked about this yesterday on a coaching call. It's why I use video. What am I trying to use, what am I trying to accomplish with my brand? I'm trying to show up differently, trying to build a relationship, and I'm trying to convey the feeling that I can pass for me to somebody else. There's no other tool that allows me to do that. And oh, by the way, it gets to show up to them whenever they're ready to watch it or listen to it or have it. So it gives people the opportunity to engage when they want to engage. And it also gives them the opportunity to receive the message the way I want it to be received. So I think we, as we continue to move forward and we talk about building brand and we talk about all the different tools that we use, we've got to be aware of it. And we went way overtime today. I was well just going to say, I think we're overtime. <laughs> well, well done, Lori. Thank you for being a great co-host as always. Loved the conversation. Always get loved the opportunity to ruffle some people's feathers. So uh, <laughs> hey, that's what it's have about, a fantastic right? Wednesday. Super excited to have Jesse Dykes on the show tomorrow for a young entrepreneurs uh, huddle. So make sure to tune in for that. We will see you guys. Thank you, Lori. Let's get down to business. Have a good day. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this So let's get down, let's get down to business Let's get down, let's get down to business